Matthew 3, 13 to 17, uh, chapter 17, verse 1 to 8. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and that moment heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and uh, alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched him, touched them. Get up, he said, don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Let's start with a word of prayer again. Father, we thank you for this moment, just all that we are celebrating today. We also celebrate you and remember you as our Father, as the one that knows us and as the one that loves us. Father, we give you glory today as we dive into your word. May you give us ears to hear, hearts to comprehend, and minds to know you this morning and to be re-encouraged and reaffirmed, God, that we have a Lord that knows us. We have a Father that hears us. And may that encourage us and strengthen us this morning. I thank you for all the dads here and the difference that they're making in their families and in our society. Father, I pray that you strengthen them to be men after your heart so that they will live a life that glorifies you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to keep the message short today because uh, we had a lot to celebrate. Um, and as, in case you're wondering, I don't have a PowerPoint. So uh, I'm just going to speak. <laughs> Shoot from the hip. Uh, as, as, as they call it. Um, but I, 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 the message that was read uh, for us uh, today really highlights, I think, the, the, the connection between Jesus, the Son, and God, the Father, in terms, in terms of hearing God, the Father, and hearing his voice, and hearing uh, how delighted God is in his Son in that moment. And I hope that's what we will take away uh, from uh, from the message uh, this morning. As I woke up this morning, uh, my kids were very excited. It was Father's Day. They're like, Dad, like, close your eyes. Don't look. You know, we have a surprise for you uh, out in uh, the living room. So I, so I didn't. Uh, you saw the picture of Cohen in the slideshow. The picture that he drew there, what's fascinating is that uh, <laughs> it's one of his favorite moments. And what his favorite moment is, is basically performing wrestling moves on me. And that was me lying on the bed and him jumping all 60 pounds of him, like, onto my back. And one day I was, I was, you know, about to shower and I was like, why is my back so sore? What's all these bruises from? And I remember it's from him. 
like be beating me up basically like that's what father's day is about just our sons and daughters like just beating us up like my, my son will come and beat me up and my daughter will come and give me a hug like that's this that's it that's just what that's just what it is uh, so I, they, I had my eyes closed. I went out to the living room and I opened my eyes and they had a tower, a triangle, a, a pyramid of, uh, of Timbits uh, for me because I love Timbits and my favorite flavor is just honey, honey glazed. <laughs> so they had a tower of honey glazed donuts. And I, I was wondering what all the fuss was about because Ryan, my daughter was crying a lot outside. And I think it's because she wasn't allowed to have any until I came out. So she was crying and when I went out, uh, she grabbed a donut. She, she was like, ta-da, you know, like that. She guys in her minimal language, she's like, ta-da. And she went out and grabbed it with her hand and basically crushed that Timbit and threw it into my hand and said, here you go. Like that's, you know, in her mumbled language. And then she ran back to the tower and started stuffing her face. Like she knew, <laughs> so, but the point wasn't to celebrate me, but was to get rid of the donut uh, so that she can get to the donut herself. Uh, but happy Father's Day uh, to all of you dads out there. And I'm just thinking uh, that really want to encourage you that what you do in your homes really matters. Uh, as you grow in your faith spiritually, the words that you use as we learn today from God the Father, the words that we use, that we speak into our families, uh, that we speak to our wives and, and our, our wife, uh, speak to our wi your wife <laughs> uh, and to your kids, uh, really does, does matter in terms of how you uh, encourage them. Uh, why, why I chose these two passages here, and there's three times that, that God the Father actually speaks to Jesus. It's here in the baptism and the transfiguration, but also the moment when Jesus is in the garden. I believe it's John chapter 12, when he's in the garden, and he's praying, he's like, God, take this cup away from me, like, but also glorify your name. And God the Father says, I will glorify it. That's his response. But here in, in, in these two passages, we see this interaction with Jesus and, and God the Father of how the, the repetition here of God saying, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Just again, this, this satisfaction, this joy, this contentment of, of Jesus uh, and this relationship that, that he has. And what's interesting, uh, I'm not sure if you, um, you might be wondering, like, well, why did God choose to speak to Jesus in this way? It seems like we don't have any record of what goes on in between these moments, but maybe they had a conversation before, but why specifically the baptism and why specifically the transfiguration uh, that this happens? Well, the baptism, it's interesting uh, that it, that as Jesus was getting dunked and here's, here's a good theological question for you. And I know uh, Kyle going through the baptism class, uh, you would know the answer to this. It's like, why did Jesus have to get baptized anyway? If baptism doesn't save you, uh, if baptism, uh, what is the purpose of baptism? Well, Jesus declares and shows us what obedience looks like as he goes and gets baptized. If, G if baptism means we need to be saved through baptism, then, well, it wouldn't make sense that Jesus needed to get baptized because he's God. Like, what saving does he exactly need? But he displays for us what obedience looks like, what faithfulness to God looks like. So he goes and gets baptized. Uh, sorry, um, sorry, Kyle, we didn't have any doves uh, for you yesterday uh, as you were coming out of the water. Um, maybe put that in the budget uh, for next year. But in some sense, like when we're, as we were, as he was getting baptized, he comes out of the water and he hears this voice. Uh, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. And what's fascinating with this is that this is at the very beginning of Jesus's ministry. He hasn't done anything, right? He hasn't done anything. He hasn't exercised any gifts. He hasn't healed anyone as we know of. Like This is the beginning of his ministry that God says, this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. So we know that it's not based on his works. 
it's not based on what he can do that there's this relationship between God, uh, the, uh, God, the son and God, the father, that is based on this pure relationship, this pure love. Uh, and some of you need to hear that this morning so that you're, you're, you feel like you're, you're trying to work for God's love and you're trying to uh, do things to your, um, to, to have him love you more, but God already loves you as you are because you are his son and you are his daughter. And we see this here in the baptism that this, that God just says this to Jesus. This is my son whom I am, whom I love with him. I am well pleased. And that's because of Jesus' declaration there at the moment as his obedience of declaring who he belongs to. And, and what's also interesting with the transfiguration is that they're climbing this mountain and on there, there's also, there's uh, the appearing of two other figures, uh, Moses and Elijah. And you might be asking why Moses and why Elijah? Why not King David? Why not, I don't know, Joshua? Why not whoever else, right? In the, in the Old Testament. Uh, but as we dig into that a little bit deeper, Moses represents the law uh, and, and Elijah represents the prophets. And we read this in, uh, we, we, we read this in, in Mark chapter 12, that love, God with all of your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And what on this, all the law and uh, on this hangs all the law and the prophets. So here there's this perfect communion. It's just perfect relationship. And this representation of, of who God is in this perfect setting here. But before this perfect setting, before being on this mountain of God, uh, meeting God in this way, if you go back to chapter 16, at the end of it, Jesus talks a lot about laying down his life talks a lot about what it looks like to lay down your life. Whoever denies themselves and take up the cross and follows me, like th that's how they experience God. So before this moment of climbing the mountain, he's sharing with his disciples, there needs to be an obedience, a giving up of yourself and your will and your desires. But the, the first shall be last and the last, last shall be first. And that's our understanding of who uh, this God is. So in this moment where, where Jesus declares this and he's about to go on the cross and he lays down himself in that way, that's how he meets God. And God says, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. Meaning that Jesus understands that his worth is not in anything here on earth. That is not on the, in the accolades. It's not in what we can achieve here on earth. It's simply based on this relationship and our understanding of, of who this God is. And I want to encourage you this morning that as a dad and as Christians in general, that we there's a lot of pressure on us to live and to do certain things. But I want us to focus really on the relationship with the people that we have around us in terms of do we really lift that up and do we are we present in the moment uh, with our families, with our kids, even with everything going on, that we're able to be present and, and have this kind of relationship that God the Father has with God the Son. Because, man, I'm speaking to us directly now in a sense I really believe here on Father's Day, the message is that our, the voice of the, uh, our voices of, as dads and as fathers ought to mirror the voice of the father uh, in heaven in the way that he speaks to his kids, his family, his church, the way that he interacts people uh, with, the, with those uh, around him. And what we notice here is in this, in this uh, I'm going to zone in here on this phrase, uh, this, uh, this verse that God repeats that this is my son whom I love with him. I am well pleased. He starts off by saying, this is my son. This is my son. The father's voice is personal. It's a personal voice. It is a voice that, 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 that um, communicates belonging that you don't need to do all these things in order to belong, but this is my son. Uh, this is my daughter. You are who you are. You belong to me simply because you are my son and you are my daughter. God speaks personally and he speaks directly to us. 
that we don't need to go and find him, but he's been searching for us uh, the whole time. And the opposite of personal is, is general. And yes, he genuinely calls us into his, into a relationship with him, but he speaks personally to you as well, that he has gifts, a personal gift for you in a way that he's trained you and raised you up. There's a personal calling for you in your workplace, in your family, in the relationships that you're in. It's not to be compared to the people around us, but it's simply with who you are. If we focus on our relationship with God, then our relationship with all those around us would blossom and flourish uh, as well. So it starts off by saying, this is my son. Uh, I hope you hear that this morning too, that you are his son that you are his daughter. And that in the same way, if you have kids this morning, that that's how you interact with your kids as well. That this is my son, like, like this is my daughter, that we don't need to foster up an environment, a family where it seems like they need to earn your love, where it seems like they need to earn your, your, your satisfaction and to, just to satisfy your desires or what you think is best. But they would know that their father loves them and cares about them and wants to be with them. And that goes into the second point of, this is my son, what? Whom I love. The father's voice is personal, but the father's love is also a loving voice. It's a loving voice. It's a gentle voice. It's a voice that comes to encourage and to love. I think of the song, how deep the father's love for us. How deep is the father's love for us? In the same way for us, as we interact with our families and those around us, that we ought to uh, mirror and, and, and imitate this deep love that God has, this the sacrificial love. Uh, I'll give you the donut first, you know, before I have the donut, uh, the laying down of ourselves, the giving up of ourselves for our families uh, and, and, for, and for, for my wife. Uh, that, that's the way that we ought to live, this sacrificial love, this selfless love, this love that's displayed on the cross. That's how we are to display, that kind of love that we're to display to those around us. And some of you need to hear this too, that some of you are wondering, what does God's voice sound like? Well, maybe personal, you get it, but the loving voice, maybe you struggle with. Because we, we struggle, we have these thoughts in our minds that we, we beat ourselves up, uh, that we, we, we think that we're not good enough, that we have failed, we're failures, that we don't have value. But God's voice is a voice of love, that if you hear a voice that says you're condemned, that you're not good enough, that you don't belong, that you, you, you don't deserve to be in this relationship and with the people around you, you don't deserve to receive this love, that's not the voice of the Father. Uh, that, that, that's not the voice of the Father. The voice of the Father is a loving Father that, that ushers, that woos us, that calls us into his fold, the biblical image of a sheep, uh, a shepherd and a sheep bringing the sheep back. That's the image that we have of God's love. Yes, he might correct you. He might convict you, but he'll never condemn you. And he will never break you down to a point of pushing you away because God's voice is always a voice that calls you deeper, that calls you closer. It's a loving voice. So he says, this is my son. It's a personal voice whom I love. So the father's voice is loving, but with him, I am well pleased. The father's voice is thirdly a voice of approval. Approval. And that ties in with the, the worth part that I was sharing about before. That be, in this baptism specifically here, that this was all said and done before Jesus even ever did anything. And I know that sounds easy, but so hard to live out. That your worth is not on what you can do. And you need to hear that this morning. That your worth with God, 
your relationship with God is not based on what you can do. And same for us as fathers. It's not with our kids. It's not based on what they can do, how many A's they get, what sports team they play on, uh, how artistic they are, how fast they can swim. I don't know. I'm about to take Cohen to swim lessons next month. So like, you know, it's not based on all these accolades and what they can do. It's simply based on this relationship. The father's voice is one of approval. Ephesians 6, 4, fathers do not exasperate. Do not tire your children out with all these uh, rules and regulations that you set upon them that God doesn't require of them, that you're placing this burden upon them. Don't exasperate them, but instead bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And the, and the ways of the Lord is one of love, is one of approval, is one of acceptance, and is personal. So that's what I want to encourage you with uh, this morning, that as you hear the father's voice, that as us as dads, we would reflect that voice to those around us as well. Uh, that maybe is moments where you need to speak up uh, and work beyond ourselves to fight that urge. Like, you know what? We're just going to let that slide. Maybe that's the challenge for you this morning in the way of a love that you would speak up uh, and stand firm. Or maybe there's certain things that we shouldn't, we should stop saying and stop doing because it's discouraging our families and discouraging uh, our, our, our kids. Uh, I'm, I'm at this interesting point as I'm coming to an end here in, in my life. I might have shared this before where Cohen, when he, as he's six years old and, and my daughter, Ryan, as she's just turned two, is at the exact same stage where uh, my parents divorced. Uh, it's very strange to look upon them to think as, as six and as one and a half, two years old, that's when my, my parents separated and my dad went overseas and I only seen him a handful of times. Uh, that, that's the image I, I have um, growing up, the wounds that I have. That I want to encourage you as, as dads, and not to set more pressure on you, but I want to encourage you that your words matter. The way in your actions have the power potential to, to, to shift the entire family, uh, to make all the difference within your families. I want to encourage you uh, with that. That in the certain little things that you do and say every single day, uh, have the potential to entirely change someone's life and more, more importantly your family's life your kids lives you imagine a cornerstone uh, of a building if you shift the cornerstone just by the smallest degree the rest of the building changes from that and as, as we have young kids for those of you that have young kids and even as you're raising adult children now I still believe it's the same that the words that you say and actions that you have have the potential to shift someone's life all the more and all the more. And as I think back to my experience, you might be thinking, well, you know, I'm scared of making those, uh, those mistakes. Um, we're not meant to live in fear. Uh, we're meant to live in courage and following the Lord and what he has called us to do. But as I look back to my own story, that even in those negative examples, I was able to learn that I was able to hear, the, hear God's voice saying that my worth, firstly, as a dad and as a man of God is not in what I can do, that my identity is firm in who Jesus is and who he has called me to be. And out of that, out of the overflowing of that, may we live and make a difference to those around us. So dads, I'm with you. I understand you. The struggle is real. Uh, and I know you're tired. Um, and I know every day is a fight. But really, in the words of St. Paul, fight the good fight because our families need it. Our culture, our city needs it. We need solid dads. We need firm men in the Lord to stand, stand in who he is. 
and your ways and your thoughts and your struggle, it's not, it's all not for naught that it is making a difference and you're building the next generation uh, into men and women that follow and love Jesus. So let's just end here. I'll pray for us. Uh, and I was going to send, send you off uh, with a blessing to pray for our dads here. God, I, I thank you for this message here this morning as the way that you have exemplified in the word of your relationship with, with Jesus, the son, uh, with saying, this is my son whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Father, may we as sons and daughters this morning, just receive that as well. May we know that we are loved by God, uh, that we are loved by you, the father, the maker of the heavens and earth, that our security, God, may it ultimately be upon you. And may it be your words that encourages us the most, God. And Lord, I pray for those of us that have broken relationships with our dad uh, and with our families. I pray for healing. I pray that you would be present in those moments and bring healing and reconciliation. But also may you bring healing to our hearts and to our wounds, Lord, of the relationships that we have had, that you may show yourself to be enough for all of us. And God, I pray for all the dads here uh, that are tired, uh, that are struggling, uh, that maybe are trying their best as well. I pray for much blessing and strength upon them, that they will lead their families well, that they'll love their, wi their, 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 their wives well, that they'll love their kids well, that they would demonstrate the sacrificial love of God the Father in the way that you have displayed for us. So Lord, I pray for everyone here at LLC, God, that LLC that as we encourage each other as, as, as dads, that you will raise a generation, Lord, that's after your heart, that you will raise men after your heart, that all of us will fall deeper in love with you and we commit ourselves to you again because our family ultimately do depend on it. So God, thank you for your love. And we give you all the glory.